Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave A.C., for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave A.C. And welcome everybody to episode 30, would you believe? Yes, episode 30. No, this is not just Big and Fruity. This is the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. So named because I like big cabernets and big full juicy fruity reds although we occasionally have ventured into the uh, ranges of sparkling wines and white wines but i am a self-confessed drinker mainly of red wines hello i'm your host dave ac and you're listening to episode 30 this episode the topic is big and fruity goes up market Yes, Dave AC, you heard in that introduction by the Sixth Doctor, likes a good glass of wine. The question is, is he drinking a good glass of wine? But before that, let's just do some little bit of housekeeping and uh, then uh, we will get on with the show indeed. This uh, podcast about red wines, our wines in general, goes out on the talk show site. Find that via Google. Each call has its own call ID number, so you can quickly zoom through what are tens of thousands, over 100,000 different call IDs. And it will give you some idea of the size of range because the call ID for this particular podcast is double one, double two, seven two. So if you put that in the front page of Torchu, excuse me for coughing there a moment, uh, those numbers, double one, double two, seven two, you'll come upon upon the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. And it goes out live. You can join us live on the Torchu call. Either join us live and just uh, add questions in text, or if you've got a PC and some sort of headphone set, or indeed you can from a landline, but one caveat to that, the landline in question that you will be dialing is in the United States. And the number for that is 724-444-7444. If you want to dial in using some sort of voice over internet, that's a SIP client, something like x which will cost you nothing 
for the actual call itself, then you use a um, SIP number, and that is 123-66.212.134.192. And you will be most welcome. The show airs at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time now. Yes, in the United States, they've moved on to daylight time here in the uk we have yet to move from gmt to british summertime and that's why at the moment as i record this it's 5 p.m in the new york area of america but only 9 p.m here in the uk but it's basically um a show that normally goes out 5 p.m in the states 10 p.m here in the uk and of course different time zones around the world next week's show and there may be some question about whether there is a live show next week and I will explain more in a moment that will definitely for those of you in the UK be back at 10pm but before we do that you want to know if I'm drinking a good wine I want to know if I'm drinking a good wine it's been poured out I have had a little sneaky sip because I was a little bit concerned of it on the nose Every week when I do this, uh, I tweet about the upcoming show. The Twitter account for this call is, unsurprisingly, Big and Fruity. That's Big and Fruity in all one word, i.e. no spaces. So that's Big and Fruity. We have a Facebook page that you can join if you're on Facebook. Very difficult to put the URL for that. But if you're signed into Facebook, just put the Big and Fruity podcast our Big and Fruity podcast in the little search bar at the top of your personal page and it will bring you to it and please consider joining us. And of course, uh, we have a blog. It wouldn't indeed be a podcast if it didn't have a blog and the URL is going into the room for that. The URL is, oh, excuse me, bigandfruity.wordpress.com And there you will find information and information about past episodes and so on. And of course, like all good podcasts, well, I'm claiming it's good. Uh, It's up to you, the listener, to decide that. It is also available, of course, on iTunes. Okay, well, with that Big and Fruity uh, Twitter feed, I also have a TwitPic page. That's where you can post up little images and tweet about them. And the images, unsurprisingly, for a show like this, are nearly always bottles of wine. Sometimes they've been boxes of wine. But today, as in general for most weeks, it is a bottle. And I'm just going to put that into the room now. When I read the URL out, all the letters and... Well, the numbers are numbers, but... um, The letters are in small case. Okay, let me read it out first. The picture of the wine I'm drinking is at twitpick.com forward slash 8Z1TOI. Twitpick.com forward slash 8Z1TOI. T-O-I. 
and the wine I'm drinking, and I will probably murder its name, as I do quite often. You know, the fact that you can't pronounce the names on the label does not make you a bad wine drinker. At least, that's what I'm going to claim. And the wine is Chateau Montpizat. I think it's pronounced in three syllables like that. Chateau D, should I say, Montpizat. The wine is from 2003. It's a Cuvée Special. It's 13%. And it's from the Corbières region, part of the Languedoc area in France. And uh, before we do anything more, this is supposed to be a relaxed wine podcast. So let me have a little sniff and a little taste. It's been opened the bottle, uh, you heard right, by the way, 2003. So I've given it a little bit longer to air out. The bottle has been open slightly over an hour and I've had it poured out in the glass for a good 15 or 20 minutes. And we've got not a great deal on the nose, I must admit. A little bit of a floral scent and a slightly earthy and some sort of red berry but rather more um, fruits of the forest coming through. But I, again, not particularly pronounced. Let's have a taste. Oh, it's a lovely dark red, almost a claret. Well, darker than claret. Beautiful colour. Mm. That is slightly more tart than I was expecting. It's got a mixture of Going from strawberries almost to, not sour, how can I say sour cherries, just um, more red cherries that are slightly, uh, you know, uh, slightly firm. It's, mm, let me have another taste. It's certainly more red berries than black or plum flavours. Now, it doesn't particularly say on the bottle what the blended grapes are but from this region they're quite often uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Syrah but it doesn't give that information and prior to the show yes of course indeed I was doing some research but um, because this is from 2003 I'm finding it difficult to pin down a lot of information about it but the point is, it is a rather posher wine than I would normally drink. It is an actual fact, a wine that was um, brought by my brother-in-law for a family Christmas about three, four, five years ago. And um, we had a few bottles of it, I think three. And because we wanted a range of wines, one of the bottles um, got saved and uh, kept behind. And um, I decided, let's open it. Okay, it's only an ordinary Tuesday in March, but um, I was concerned somewhat as to whether now was probably the time to drink this or whether it would perhaps have improved if I kept it even longer. So it's, what, 2003, uh, kept in a little bit of oak, so probably bottled uh, 15 months or 18 months later, and uh, therefore it's been in that bottle a good eight years or more. Okay, let's have a little look at what I did find on the internet. Uh, 
and then we'll go on to some of our other aspects of today's show. A couple of wine facts, again, a little story about health, and one little more frightening to me story than health, a little bit of possible wine fraud. So we're going to be talking, by the way, with just me in the room for about 30 minutes. Some of the longer shows that you may have found on the Big and Fruity page are on iTunes, are where we've had other people come into the room and a conversation has got underway. But just me talking and having the occasional sip, we're going to keep it certainly under 40 minutes and we'll see how we go. Okay. I'm going to put in... Difficult. Let me... um, I think I'm just going to have to read this URL because it's a little bit long. I will put the full URL into the room here, but I'm not going to try and read it out. It is www.internationalseller, that's all one word, uh, .com, and that's seller, of course, not spelt with an S, but seller is in where you store your wine, forward slash, forward slash scripts, and so on, and the title of the page is Chateau de Mont. Pizat Cuvée Prestige, 2003. And it's not available. But it says here, Varietal Cabernet Sauvignon Syrah. Usually remember, of course, if uh, wine uh, varieties are mentioned on a label, whichever one is mentioned first usually has the higher proportion. Um, it's a region of France from the Vindepays de Orc region. And, of course, the producer is Chateau de Montpizat. Let me have a look what it says here. The vineyards planted on gravelly hillsides benefit from one of the region's warmest microclimates. The Cabernet Sauvignon and Syrah are vinified and aged separately for up to 13 months in barrel and then blended together to create this powerful and concentrated wine. Bottling without filtration guards the deep colour, certainly has that, and rich fruit flavours found in this well-structured wine. Now, uh, it surprises me that it's as long as 13 months. I assume by that it means it's in French oak barrels, but let me have another taste. The oak is certainly not over-present, but of course that may well be because this wine is no longer a young wine. Maybe, and I'm trying to think back to when we did drink it, very difficult of course, but it may well be as if I'd opened this wine five or six years ago, it may well have had much more oak and the fruit may have been more restrained. Whereas now I'm getting much more of a red berry and fruits of the forest flavour with, as I say, just a little floral. Is it violet on the nose? But um, quite a restrained wine. In in fact, again, that all may be part and parcel of the storage and uh, the length of time in the bottle. But all in all, quite nice. Now, it says on this site, uh, the price of the bottle, it puts at about $19. But this page is at least um, uh, 
It doesn't tell you when this page was updated, but probably at least five years old. So I've got a feeling that if you could buy this wine currently, you would probably have to pay more like $30, $35 for it, simply because of the, um, the availability, our lack of availability of a wine. 2003, not particularly the greatest of vintage. Let me consult my... Um, Clark book. Of course, uh, many people will know 2005 has been one of the really nice recent ones. I think 2000, I can't remember if it's 2000 or 2001 was great. And of course, 2010 is looking very promising indeed. Let's see if I can find what it says for the Long Dot region. Uh, one of the great things about this little pocketbook of Oz Clark's, and I do mention it a lot, I know, is that in the back and front covers, they have the vintage charts easily to hand. So um, let's have a look. Right, uh, um, and I am. <laughs> of course, the different regions, but there's certainly 2005. Of course, it's uh, it's got. 2005 as still being a wine to be kept that will improve. 2001 and 2002 wines are probably at their best at the moment. And 2003, let's have a look what it say. Um, well, the Chateau Margot uh, only scores a 7 out of 10, but it's saying it's ready to drink now. It's not for keeping. It's probably at its best. Um, I'm looking at the other regions. No, it hasn't got the long dot region in. But the centimetre... I've got a feeling that this wine is probably uh, as good as it can get. It's not a top-class vintage. It's not a top-tier wine. It is better than a modest wine and it is a wine with that oaky character that would keep and of course I'm storing it in uh, not ideal conditions but reasonably good conditions in a pantry area that keeps from fairly extremes of temperature and uh, one more little sip because we've been talking nearly 18 minutes and we haven't moved off the wine itself I suppose that's a good indicator Okay. Very nice indeed. Yes, I think I'm warming to that somewhat. It's definitely um, sort of integrating more, even in this short uh, 20 more minutes in the glass. The bottle has been open now an hour and a half, and um, I'm getting a little bit peckish. I think... Uh, I think that will go nicely for the rest of the evening, and I may try and uh, save some of it for tomorrow. Okay, let's move on to one or two of the topics that I've got. And since, although this is not the poshest of wine, it is a smarter wine than I've drunk on some of these occasions. And in weeks upcoming, I'll probably get out one of the other, because I've got uh, not a great deal of uh, older wines, but... Um, they are wines that I begin to think, given my own considerable age, I may as well enjoy them now than save them for many more years. So, who knows, I may be pulling out bigger guns in weeks to come. 
But um, I want to read a little bit from my Sunday paper. This is the uh, Sunday Times here in the UK. And I'm just checking, because I can't find the blooming page. I think it's the Sunday that has just gone. Um, and this is from the uh, oh, it is from the 18th. And it's in the news review section. Sorry if you can hear the paper rustling. Trying to get it to a easy way to read it, yet still keeping my eye on the room. And the article is called, A Nose for a Very Cheeky Burgundy. John Harlow is a writer. I'm certainly not going to read anything but a very small section of this. But let me read this rather disconcerting uh, article. The opening paragraph says, Wealthy merchant's arrest has uncorked a world of unscrupulous sommeliers, bogus vintages and gullible buyers, says John Harlow. And I'm going to read the first opening two paragraphs and then maybe a little bit more. Obviously, uh, this is this gentleman's article. I hope you could be able to read it from the online version of the Sunday Times. When the FBI uh, art squad raided a suburban home in East Los Angeles 10 days ago, that's from the previous Sunday, they walked into a sommelier's darkest nightmare. Behind the nondescript facade was a sophisticated laboratory of blank wine labels, heat-aged corks, and decades-old empty wine bottles bought at up to £1,000 a pop but ready to be filled with cheap plonk. If the investigators need any further proof of the world that fake wines was booming, driven by new technology, Asian wealth and global gullibility, they only had to unlock the garage, and I won't give the address. Inside sat a Lamborghini, a Mercedes-Benz, and a Range Rover, together worth nearly as much as the half-a-million-pound house. Now, some of the things here are really quite frightening um, when you read about it. Um, I'm going to sort of move down a little bit and read one more little bit before I stop. Um, and let me read this little part and then I'll stop. The Wine Market Journal estimates that the price of some rare burgundies has jumped by over 300% a year over the past decade. Before, I could go out and buy an old Burgundy. They were cheaper than the new ones, but now all the wines sell for 20 times what I used to pay. In 2006 alone, this particular person sold $35 million worth of wine, a fraction of the 50,000 bottles he once held in America and Europe. Unbelievable. And uh, the other revelations in this, for instance, how they get hold of the high-quality bottles from uh, from the back of restaurants, I suppose. Uh, someone takes a backhander and then they fake the labels. I feel like probably with what you or I or an ordinary drinker would consider a good quality wine, but something that's an absolute fraction of what they're passing it off of. So a very disturbing 
uh, trend, if a trend indeed it is. However, those lofty heights are well above my uh, pocket. Uh, it's $1,000 a pop per wine. Uh, they can pass by me, I think, quite easily. So that's one of the sort of wine facts. Each week when I do this uh, podcast, I try and do some uh, wine fact or some uh, other aspect to the topic. Now, I'm just going to go on uh, to what is becoming somewhat of a soapbox on this call, and that is um, ever more information about alcohol drinking of wine and health issues and then we're going to finish after that just talking about uh, a couple of wine events and uh, if there's nobody joins me in the room at that point we will wrap up by me telling you about the likelihood of what will be happening next week okay i'm going to go um in actual fact um to let me just move that along a little bit to two Page. <laughs> There's a slight background to this. I do take a couple of tablets um, that I am on now. Uh, therefore, well, one was for hypertension, and one is, I think it's called water retention or whatever. Very small dosage of those. But I was renewing my uh, prescription, and of course, on this uh, site called Patient www.patient.co.uk. Remember, I'm based in the UK. They had, uh, and they do have, alerts to particular stories. And of course, wouldn't you know it, there are two prominent links on there to um, wine and drinking in general. So let me put the first link in the room. And here we go. And I will read this one out. I think I can manage to read this out. It's www.patient.org co.uk forward slash health and then with dashes in between alcoholism dash and dash problem dash drinking oh dear dear me and this is why i'm going to mention it let me read a little bit of this most people drink some alcohol However, even a small amount of alcohol can be dangerous if you drive, I agree, operate machinery, I agree, or take some types of medication. Luckily, the medication at I'm on, I know, doesn't clash with alcohol. Men should drink no more than 21 units per alcohol per week. You've heard me mention this before. Women no more than 14 units. But then it goes on to this. Let me just read it. If a man drinks five units a day, not greatly over the recommended limit, then on average he doubles the risk of developing liver disease, raised blood pressure, I had it before I was drinking, some cancers and having a violent death. Good heavens. And then it goes on to say what you should look out for if you think you may be coming dependent on alcohol. And this is where I disagree somewhat with what they're saying. And again, I'm not endorsing drinking alcohol as a lifestyle choice. It's one I've taken. But let me just say, it talks about these very modest levels of alcohol. And then it goes on to be concerned if you answer yes to any of these. Often have a strong desire to drink alcohol and the need to drink every day. Drink alone often need to drink to stop trembling 
I mean, there are more than that, but I really did feel as though going from what is, remember, perhaps a third of a bottle in an evening, maybe one large glass for a lady, maybe two large glasses of wine for a man at the most. They're even mentioning the fact that you might be getting the shakes in the hours leading up to having your drink. To me, there seems to be a complete disparity between those things. Um, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I tend to think of somebody who perhaps drinks a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of gin a day might wake up with the trembles. Not somebody who drinks a third or a half of a bottle of a red wine that at the maximum is nine or ten units and may often, as I mentioned before, be shared between a couple in the privacy of their own home and often, of course, accompanied by food. So I'm not going to dwell on that anymore. And um, just to say, in fact, I don't think I'll read any more, but there is a second page just in case you want to read a little bit more about this. And I will read the link out www.patient.co.uk forward slash blogs forward slash Sarah Dash says forward slash knowing your safe alcohol limits. And again, it goes on to these uh, what seem to me to be very modest uh, things. And um, they mention a little. Um, an acronym, I would suppose the word is, to see whether you are becoming alcohol dependent. And I will, I will read this bit out. It's called the CAGE questionnaire, with the initials, of course, C-A-G-E. C. Have you ever thought you should cut down on your drinking? A. Have you ever felt angry when others have commented on your drinking? G, have you ever felt guilty about your drinking? E, have you ever needed an eye-opener, i.e. a drink in the morning, to get going? I can't believe any of those. I've never had any of those things. Occasionally, I thought I might uh, cut down for a week or two in the new, after the new year, when I may have indulged rather more than normal. But to suggest that somebody who drinks... Um, you know, two or three bottles of wine are with their partner, four bottles of wine in a week, that they actually are going to be waking up having a glass of red wine before they can face the world in the morning. To me, that seems to be in a completely different league. But there you go. I am perhaps of a rather sheltered uh, existence. Okay, that's enough of that downtime. Let's cheer ourselves up, shall we? Yes, um, I want to talk a little bit about something that we'll be leading up to next week, and that is um, wine events. Yes, one of the things I would say, by the way, if ever you are in a uh, an area that's populated enough that they can support bringing a wine fair to your area, or you can make a short train journey, of course not driving, train journey or a bus journey to a wine event, I would suggest you do give them a try. They're usually very reasonable to uh, join in. You get your money back with the tastings that you try. And often in these cases, you can re get your ticket money reimbursed if you order um, a half case of wines following on from the event, assuming that you live in a state where you can have wine shipped to you.
But first of all, I'm just going to talk about a trade one. This, uh, this one is in actual fact uh, one that's in London, and it isn't open to the public, but there should be quite a bit appearing on the internet soon. And that is just to say that the London International Wine Fair um, will be starting uh, in, well, actually, it's in May, so it's still some time off. But if you keep looking there, there are little updates to the um, the website, and there are also lots of little uh, bits there, and you can also check uh, a little bit about the 2011 event that they had in there. And indeed, they do have... Um, uh, lots of little Facebook links and so on. So it's still quite a useful resource, but remember that uh, this event is for trade customers only. More exciting to me in particular, and maybe to you as a listener, are um, the wine fairs and wine tastings. And the one I'm going to talk about is the Virgin Wines. This is www.virginwines.com. Co.uk, and you need to go to their forward slash promotions page uh, where they have uh, these uh, upcoming events. And uh, let me have a look. They've just had a wine tasting on March 15th in Oxford in the UK. And the next one is the Manchester wine tasting on Saturday the 24th. That's the one Myself and my friend Jack will be going to, that's on Saturday afternoon, 11.30 to 4.30 at Manchester Town Hall. And uh, the entry fee for that is uh, £15. I'm just checking to see if there's availability of, oh, indeed, no, it is a sold out event. Wow. A sold-out event, so that really is great. And if you want to get an idea of what it looks like, I have updated the wine blog page, you know, the biggerfruity.wordpress.com page that I mentioned right at the beginning of today's episode. And I'm going to put in a URL to one of the sub-pages of that. And there it goes in the room, and this is the URL. It's biggerfruity.wordpress.com com forward slash wine dash videos and i've posted i think let me see one two three four five six videos there the lowest one down the page is from the uh, wine tasting event that was held on the 31st of march 2009 the two uh, short videos and each of these are only lasting two or three minutes each uh, are from the event of uh, March the 13th, 2010. And the uh, fact there are three from that event. And the top two clips are from the Virgin Wine Tasting event from March 2011, also held at the Manchester Town Hall. So if you are actually listening to this and you're going to that event, if you watch those little videos, uh, Videos, it'll give you an idea of what the venue is like and also what to expect, the busyness of it, the size of it, and the sheer fun of uh, going to one of these events. Uh, as I say, I'm going with my friend, we're meeting up at the railway station, taking the train, and then uh, walking to the venue itself, and then no doubt afterwards treating ourselves to um, 
I don't know, maybe a little pizza or something, just to round the day off uh, quite nicely. And with that, I'm going to finish for today. I want to finish before the 40-minute mark uh, by just saying that I'm, I'm not entirely sure how I will conduct next week's episode, episode 31 of the Big and Fruity Wine podcast. And I've got two options. If at this wine event I record enough audio, I may well just edit that audio to make some sense. It depends on the sort of background noise that comes through on that and upload it as a complete sort of um, uh, outside broadcast Big and Fruity podcast. If, however, I find that because of the actual clamour and the uh, the event itself, that um, listening to sort of 15 or 20 minutes from that event is going to be too difficult for you, listener, to, to, to get an enjoyment from, I will then do a live show and what I will do is I will edit down to quite small segments uh, the clearest part of that audio. And in, in Disperse during the show, I will play a few three or four minute clips of some of the wines that we were tasting on that event. So uh, bear with me on that as to whether it's live. And of course, if it is live, as I said before, the clock will have gone... Uh, no, it won't. It goes, let me just check, the 24th. No, it won't because the actual, yes, it will, uh, because the the recording goes up on the Tuesday after the event. The day will be the 27th. Here in the UK, we go on to summertime on Sunday the 25th. So next week's episode, if it is aired live, will be 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 10 p.m. British Summertime. And with that, I think we'll give that a wrap for today. And I will uh, play my Podsafe jazz outro background music and say thank you, as always, for either listening or uh, checking out at least some of the back issues of this weekly podcast. This is your host, Dave A.C. Singh. Hope you'll catch me next time. Bye, all. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.